The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, it's a good day. It's a very good day. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, November 29, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, my name is Bob. What's happening? Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, the great Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show is here today. Michael Cohen. This is so huge. Michael Cohen has pled guilty Says who? to lying to Congress about Trump Tower Moscow. That means it's a real thing. That means everything that we've been learning about for the past couple of years is true, and Michael Cohen is ready to uh, confess to all of it. Plus, Trump canceled his meeting with Putin in Argentina because, oh shit, he's so screwed. <laughs> Trump also stupidly floated a pardon to Paul Manafort. I don't know why he would do that other than he's the dumbest crook in the history of dumb crooks. This could spell impeachment next year. Impeachment. Just add that to the long list of impeachment-worthy trespasses, huh? Oh, and, uh, you know, I can't count the number of mornings I've awakened on a pillow that was so sweaty. Sweat. Do you, are you like me? Do you have a sweaty pillow? I mean, I had to throw it in the dryer once before making the bed. Uh, or all those restless nights I spent flipping and reshaping my pillow just to get a, a cool and dry place to lay my head. Now I wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow because now I sleep on a hollow pillow. A hollow pillow stays cool while giving my head, neck, and shoulders perfect support all night long, night after night. A lot of us have spent good money on good mattresses but still haven't found the right pillow. Fiber fills are hot and humid. They collapse under your weight. A memory foam pillow gives support but maybe not quite the shape that's right for you. Hollow pillows are filled with natural buckwheat hulls that are eco-friendly. They don't give uh, gases into your face. They don't collapse. The buckwheats are grown and milled in American farms. Before the hulls go into hollows, pre-shrunk and certified organic unbleached cotton twill casing. All right here in the United States. Hollow pillows breathe and stay cool and most importantly, conform to the perfect shape of your head, neck and shoulders for a truly restful night's sleep. And you can adjust the fullness of the hollow pillow by removing or adding more hulls. How about that? Through the zipper that's covered for comfort. I'm so happy with mine. I'm proud to give my personal endorsement. I'm proud that a percentage of the profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Hollow pillows are available in three sizes, small, standard, and king. And right now, depending on the size, you can save up to 20 bucks on each additional pillow with fast, free shipping just in time for the holidays. But you can only get that deal by going to hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. That's hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. Say hello to a healthy and restful night's sleep and wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow. Thank you for supporting this brilliant company and this show at hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. And now, <laughs> today, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Herbie! Aren't you finished painting that yet? There's a pile up a mile wide behind you. What's eating you, boy? Not happy in my work, I guess. What? I just don't like to make toys. No, well, if that's all... What? You don't like to make toys? No. Herbie doesn't like to make toys. 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 Toys? Do you mind telling me what you do want to do? Well, sir, someday I'd like to be a, a dentist. A dentist? Bob Seska. Ho, ho, ho. The Bob Seska Show. Hello, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Season greetings and best wishes for a joyous holiday. Hi, Arnold. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's a good day. I'm in a good mood. Uh, lots of good things are happening because it's all bad news for Donald Trump. It is the Trump Crisis Day 679, 705 days until the 2020 presidential election. And uh, before we dig in today, hey, look, it's the great uh, Jody on the show. Jody Hamilton's here. Hi, Jody. Hello, Bob. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I can't Keep quite. Safe, Bob. I can't quite do the sexy Charlie Pierce voice. 
for you. The sex- he, he says it like this. He goes, hello, Jody Hamilton. Hello, Jody Hamilton. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but it's uh, for some reason with Charlie, it carries more weight. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box. <laughs> Where do we begin today? Uh, right. How about this? How about we uh, do a little bit of a celebratory Rocky Mountain Mike Diddy here? Says who? Breaking news, the FBI today raided the offices of President Trump's longtime attorney, Michael Cohen, seizing records. No more porn star banking. You can sing along at home if you want to, please. So guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> this is where Stormy begins. This is goodbye. Cohen, me, Cohen, you. Says who? Says who? There is nothing we can do. Cohen, me, Cohen, you. Says who? Says who? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Donald Trump is so incredibly screwed. This council has no hesitation in proclaiming you all guilty. 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 Is guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Says who? Okay, so uh, the only thing that would make this a perfect day uh, for bad Trump news would be if his teeth popped out during like a press gaggle. <laughs> Like, and he lands in Argentina, and he steps out, and there's all press there gathered outside Air Force One, and he starts talking, and then suddenly, his teeth go flying out, and that would be, that would be the chef's kiss at the end of a wonderful (laughs) day of bad Trump news. So, So, Jody, Michael Cohen has pled guilty about lying to Congress. And this is all stuff that we knew already. I mean, we kind of figured that all this uh, lying about Trump Tower Moscow, whether it's Michael Cohen or whether it's Donald Trump himself or Donald Trump Jr., was all lies because there's videotape. I mean, the Trumps are on video saying that they have all these deals with Putin and Moscow to build this Trump Tower Moscow deal. And, uh, And yet... Trump has spent the last couple of years denying that he has any business whatsoever with uh, with Russia. And of course, we know that he's got so he's got everything is linked to Russia. And that's why he's behaving the way he's behaving, because he's trying to keep that uh, plate spinning. He wants to keep that going, because as soon as he's done with being president, he's going to build a, a Trump Tower in Russia. And that that's the whole that's one of the many things about this. And then, of course, in order to pursue that deal, he has been promising to lift sanctions or maybe not to apply new sanctions. Uh, And, and of course, he's been doing all kinds of things with regard to uh, undermining uh, NATO, which is, of course, something that uh, Putin is really, uh, really wants him to do. There are so many reasons why Donald Trump would want to continue to kiss Putin's ass. Um, and this is one of them because, I mean, he even said it today. He even stepped out like a goddamn idiot. And what's the rule, Jody? What's our, our rule on the show? On Trump? Trump, yeah. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. That's exactly right. Yeah. Always makes things worse. And today he did it. <laughs> he said, <laughs> even if he was right, meaning Cohen, even if Cohen was right, it doesn't matter because I was allowed to do whatever I wanted during the campaign. And uh-huh. and while that is true, that doesn't mean that he can have such a glaring conflict of interest. That doesn't mean that uh, that he's allowed to pay special deference to Russia in order to not to further the national security and foreign policy goals of the United States, but instead to enrich himself and to set mm-hmm. up this deal. That is a gigantic conflict of interest. And mm-hmm. and you'd have to be a, an idiot or a disciple of Trump in order to deny that. Right. right? So um, so it looks like Michael Cohen is going to uh, blab everything having to do with the Trump Tower Moscow deal. He's going to blab all of that to Mueller if he hasn't already. 
and this is just outstanding news. And it turns out, you know, I mean, who would have guessed that Michael Cohen says who? Michael Cohen is the John Dean of Trump no Russia, right? No kidding. This you're you know your right. you know your Watergate history. You know that John Dean was the guy who who first blurted out. It was him and Butterfield who first announced the fact that uh, there was a recording system inside the White House, right? Which eventually led to not only the furtherance of uh, uh, impeachment articles in the House at the time, but then eventually, obviously, Richard Nixon's resignation. Right. And uh, and of course, these are all things that are being uh, discussed now, right? We're all talking about uh, how we could get to impeachment and all of this. And that was, you know, we were even talking about impeachment um, in the current context. We were even talking about impeachment before all the crap from today came down. Yep. Right. I mean, there's impeachment possibilities just in the very fact that Donald Trump stupidly told the New York Post that he's leaving a pardon for Manafort on the table. Exactly. Which, if you take that literally, right, that means that there is, a, is literally a pardon that's been printed up on official, you know, Oval Office stationery waiting for Donald Trump's signature. And maybe there's one of those pages for every single uh, a person on the, the roster of, of Trump's people. Uh, well, you know, I, I, when, when he keeps floating the idea of a pardon, doesn't that then mean that these people have to be compelled to testify because they no longer have the threat of prosecution over them? So to me, pardoning them just makes it easier for them to testify against him because the pardon is done. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And that is uh, that is the case, as well as the fact that we know that Mueller has passed along all of his information to right. state attorneys general. Right. And so on. So in case there is some sort of pardon, the states can pick up the slack. To me, a pardon is like getting immunity. Yeah. So you were you would be compelled to, to testify. So I don't understand why he's dangling. OK, go ahead. I'm going to pardon you. Now testify against me. I, it would for me. I'd be like, cool. Pardon me. Yeah. I'm going to now testify and blow it all for you because I'm already pardoned. If Trump had any sense of how Washington works or how. Um, federal prosecutors actually function. He wouldn't be doing any of this crap. Donald Trump still completely underestimates Robert Mueller. He underestimates Mm -hmm. the FBI. He underestimates the Department of Justice. He underestimates the press. He underestimates the American people. He's completely underestimating what the House Democrats are going to (laughs) do. Because this is all, I mean... (laughs) In fact, I shouldn't I shouldn't be saying this earlier this morning as we're uh, absorbing all of this news as it's coming down. Kimberly walks into my office and goes, you know what this is like? This is like being constipated for a couple of years. And then suddenly <laughs> everything starts to come out. Everything. And is suddenly just, it's pre colonoscopy day. I know. And it's just all of this happening with uh, <laughs> and it's landing all on Trump's head. And that's yeah. all this news all, it was all building up to, yep. to this point. Of course, everything can still go horribly awry. I mean, something there are still terrible, terrible things that Donald Trump can do because what's standing between him and the abyss right now? The only thing standing between him and the abyss is, of course, the, the office of the presidency. Right. And that gives him all kinds of power to, you know, uh, to declare martial law, have the military surround the White House, make sure that, you know, he, he could be using he could order the military to, to serve as his own private guards or he could use the military to start arresting people. He could use the military to arrest uh, uh, Robert Mueller. I mean, these are all yeah. things that he could do. But of course, they would all make his jeopardy even worse. The only thing that he really could do that would help him in this case is to simply resign. Right. I mean, of course, that but then, w- then he's opened up to, to uh, criminal prosecution anyway. Yeah, but what he could do is uh, is he, could, he himself could cooperate and, right. and put together a plea deal of his own. Because, mm-hmm. of course, the, the goal here is to not take down Donald Trump, at least from a prosecutorial point of view. Like Robert Mueller is in there. OK, he isn't like tw- tw- twirling his mustache and going, hmm, how do we get Donald Trump? The special counsel's office is, and especially the FBI, especially the broader Department of Justice, is all about seeking justice in this, finding out who's broken the law, who's violated federal statutes, who has undermined American democracy, and pursuing those crimes to their fullest extent. And if that includes taking down Donald Trump, well, that's the case. But if Donald Trump actually were to resign and then flip, 
then Donald Trump could give the prosecutors everything that they want. And then, of course, Michael Mike Pence. I was called. Why would I almost call him Michael Pence? <laughs> who, who I don't know. He to... never goes by that, does he? He no. always goes by Mike. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and maybe I was just thinking of uh, Michael Cohen. Says who? Says who? Right. And that's why I said anyway. So Mike Pence could pardon Donald Trump in that case, too, just like with Richard Nixon. I mean, Donald Trump could do an entire Richard Nixon routine. Just say, all right, I'm done. And then Mike Pence on day one goes, eh, just sign that uh, pardon of Donald Trump. And then that would be completely it. And maybe he would also pardon Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka and Jared and the entire cabal. So, I mean, that, obviously, that would be the smart thing for Donald Trump to do. That's what his history has shown us. And, of course, uh, Richard Nixon went on to become uh, an elder statesman inside the Republican Party. I mean, became revered into the 80s, someone who uh, Reagan would seek counsel with and so on. Not publicly so much, but, you know, when you started to get later into the 80s and and maybe even into the early 90s, Richard Nixon was, you know, some of the taint of Watergate was beginning to wash away from him. And people were looking to him to offer advice on various other issues facing the country. So but of course, that's not going to happen to Donald Trump, because as Charles Johnson, Little Green Footballs pointed out on Twitter today, um, this is much worse than Watergate. This is, I mean, all of this, and we've known this all along. I mean, I'm not breaking any news here, but the the scope of Trump Russia is so far beyond anything that we. I mean, Watergate was just a, was a break in, some dirty tricks, and then a cover up, right? To to hide all of it. This is a, a a foreign attack on the United States and the president being involved not only in that endeavor when it was going on, but also in the process of covering it all up. Right. And, and that is that is super colossal. I mean, you can't emphasize enough how bad that is in terms of uh, the, the scope and the severity and, and what kind of damage this is doing to the United States. Right. So let's dig into this Michael Cohen plea deal. Um Prosecutors uh, said that Cohen lied in order to minimize links between Trump and his Moscow building project and to give the false impression that the project had ended before the Iowa caucuses, which took place in February of 2016. Uh, he told Congress the Moscow project had ended in January 2016 because of business reasons. But in fact, the project did not end then. And Cohen continued to pursue Russian approval for Trump's project as late as June 2016. Meanwhile, he also told Congress he never agreed to travel to Russia in connection with the project and never considered asking uh, Trump to travel there. In fact, he did agree to travel to Moscow and suggested to Trump that he travel there, too. Cohen told Congress he didn't recall any Russian government response or contact about the Russia project, but Cohen admitted he did receive an email from a Russian official and had a phone call with an official about the project in which he asked for assistance in moving forward on Trump's project. The Kremlin also said it never responded to Cohen's request for help. Now, the thing that I keep uh, like kind of biting my nails about is the possibility that Trump is using the really scattered or the uh, multi-pronged nature of this uh, of this entire crime uh, to his advantage, where mm-hmm. if you look at this just in terms of Trump Tower Moscow, well, you, it's easier to digest that way. It's easier for the Red Hats to go, well, he's just a businessman and he's just doing business, Mm -hmm. not realizing the national security and foreign policy ramifications of that. Um, And and of course, they're not going to combine all of the hacking that went on. I mean, there's so many different angles to this story that you can take one angle, focus on that. And with this fire hose of news, the Red Hats will only see that one little thing. And they're not putting together the entire scope of the entire series of crimes here. So, of course, they're not seeing the connections between Cohen and Trump Tower Moscow and Cohen and Prague and the Steele dossier, which, hello, I mean, is there any doubt right now as to the veracity of the Steele dossier? Right. I, I mean, can they even say the only thing, Jody that they were saying that that disproved the the Steele dossier's credibility was the fact that Michael Cohen denied going to Prague. Right. Right, which is detailed in the Steele dossier. But I'm right. I, I'm almost certain That's coming down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's coming next. Michael that yeah. Michael Cohen went to Prague to meet with Russian officials about all of this or or carve outs, go-betweens. 
between uh, uh, Russia and and the Trump campaign. I guess you know what that I guess you could say that the PP tape is maybe the one thing that may not bear out to be true, although we don't know, especially based and wait till we get to this based on Randy Credico's tweets. Have you seen these tweets yet, Jody? No, I have not. Randy Credico, who's Roger Stone's buddy in all of this right. and, and in uh, in trouble himself went on Twitter last night and did this whole blurt where he just was screaming about Trump. Let me see. We can actually dig into this now. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You know what? They were definitely directed at Trump because they were all replies to Donald Trump on Twitter. (laughs) So, for example, Randy Credico tweeted to Trump, uh, what Roger Stone has confided in me about your depraved sexual behavior and your venal economic crimes is enough to put you in prison and and then orange jumpsuit to match your hair for the rest of your fat life. <laughs> These are real tweets from Randy Credico. Wow. Stone has information about you going back 37 years and your sexual perversion and economic crimes. Stay tuned, fatso. That's another tweet. Then he said, "What? okay, let's see. Um, he said here, Roger Stone... And, and you know what's weird? He misspelled Roger. He put a D in that's, there. I, I don't that's know. That's weird. That's, that's yeah, he doesn't strange. have a D in his name. That's weird. No, no. But it could have been an autocorrect thing. Yeah. Roger Stone has told me stuff about you that leads me to believe that everything in the Steele dossier is true, in particular the golden showers. Oh. Then he said, Roger Stone has confided in me that he has material on you that will put you in prison for the rest of your life. And if there's reincarnation for the next 6,000 years of your life, stay tuned. These Whoa. these are all ra- <laughs> Randy Credico. Wow. Jesus Christ. Guilty, 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 no guilty, kidding. guilty. Holy God. Yeah. This council has yeah. no hesitation in proclaiming you all guilty. 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 What, is, uh, what does Paul Manafort have to say about all of this? That's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's <laughs> obviously what the, the, our position is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, we might as well. I'm here. We might as well do this too. It's a big darn deal. A big darn deal. Yes, it is. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It is a big darn deal. Oh, and then uh, one uh, little uh, postscript on this uh, Randy Credico story. Credico deleted his account. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, man, of the world just keeps. <sighs> need a good laugh track here for all of this. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 I just love it so much. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've smiled this much since uh, November 9, 2016, perhaps. I can't, right? I can't think of another time as far as, at least in terms of following the news. So, um, so Trump's defense in the aftermath of Cohen's plea deal is this. Cohen is a liar and weak. He hired him because, uh, uh, because a long time ago he did me a favor. Did you see that? Like someone asked, well, no. like, why would you hire a lawyer who you're saying is weak and a liar? And Donald Trump was like, well, a long time ago, he did me a favor. And then, <laughs> and then he just walks away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like to, to quote uh, Rocky Balboa and Rocky three, what favor? You know, it's just like, <laughs> what, what fa- I don't, I, you know, I desperately look for the drop in of that from Rocky three and I couldn't, I couldn't fucking find it in time. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why we're so late getting started. Cause I was looking for Rocky three clips to, of Sylvester Stallone going, what favor? And that, <laughs> and that of course is in response to this. What is the goddamn favor? What did Michael Cohen do? What kind of disaster did he solve for Donald Trump that made Donald Trump hire him for some reason? Right. Was it was this like a uh, a Godfather quid pro quo? Like one of these days, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. <laughs> that day may never come. 
Right. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else. Everyone knew about the Moscow project. That's what mm-hmm. Donald Trump said, even though he's been screaming. What I, I tweeted about this uh, earlier. I tweeted the actual Trump. I went back and found the actual Trump tweet, one of many Trump tweets. Russia has never tried to use leverage over me. I have nothing to do with Russia. No deals, no loans, no nothing. Mm-hmm. That was Donald Trump on January 11, 2017. This was just whatever that was, 10 days before the inauguration. Yep. Today, Jody, he said, everybody knew about it. It was written about in newspapers. But I mean, this is the thing. What? This is the thing with this. I mean, the fact that there was a deal on the table, and like I was saying before, this indicates that Donald Trump is severely compromised. Yeah. There is a terrible conflict of interest in all of this. That means Donald Trump is making decisions about Russia based on whether or not he's going to financially benefit from all of it. Right? Right. Uh, he said here, continuing to saying uh, out in that press gaggle on the uh, South Lawn, even if Cohen is right, it doesn't matter. There would have been nothing wrong. So, but but there is, there's so much wrong. There's so much wrong here. President Trump was also asked about the Trump uh, Trump Tower Moscow project among a list of written questions by Special Counsel Robert Mueller. So there was also written questions in which Donald Trump may have perjured himself about this yep. project. Although I wonder if he went ahead and told the truth about Trump Tower Moscow and those written responses. I would imagine it would depend on the questions that were asked and how much Manafort's lawyers gave to his lawyers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Why would I believe that Donald Trump told the truth? Well, this is something that maybe he feels as if he can tell the truth on this. Again, because he's looking at it from a close-up point of view. He's not looking at the right. whole big picture in all of this. Or maybe he is. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to know exactly why Donald Trump is lying. When he does. Well, the thing is, is I also don't believe that he actually answered those questions. I think his lawyers did. Yeah, but he's got to put his signature. At, yep. uh, I guess I like I, a tax return. They can prepare it, but you got to sign it. Exactly right. This gives him. This is why he's so clever. This is the ultimate checkmate as far as uh, Robert Mueller goes. Mm-hmm. Robert Mueller has completely checkmated Trump because now everything is in writing and it was all turned in before all these revelations came out. And yep. so, yeah, I still think that Marcy Wheeler's analysis in all of this is the spot on one, because yep. now what we've got is a full blown perjury trap. I mean, the, the whole point of Donald Trump answering questions in writing was to avoid the perjury trap. And yep. he may have sprung the perjury trap, even though he submitted all of his questions in writing. And, and in fact, specifically because of it. Right. Because now all of this information has come down. Just utterly fascinating. Here's a key line from Trump's uh, gaggle with reporters this morning. He said, there was a good chance that I wouldn't have won, in which case I would have gotten back into the business. And why should I lose lots of opportunities? He said. Mm -hmm. So that further indicates that he's keeping that plate. As I was saying before, it's like keeping that plate spinning, the Putin Trump Tower Moscow deal plate spinning. So when he's done being president, he can just pick up right where he left off. Right. And so he's creating American foreign policy based on that. He's defending Putin based on that. Mm-hmm. He said here also that Michael Cohen is a weak person. And by being weak, unlike other people that you watch, maybe he's referring there to Paul Manafort. Maybe like P- Paul Manafort isn't weak because Paul Manafort lied for Donald Trump. See, see how that works. <laughs> and what he's trying to do is get a reduced sentence by lying. So he is lying about a project everybody knew about, which Donald Trump refused to confess to for the last three years. Right. Right. Uh-huh. So the uh, Donald Trump's logic here, Jody, is this. In order to get out of trouble, Michael Cohen is lying to the FBI. <laughs> I mean, that is the dumbest fucking excuse in the world. Why would Mike, why would any lawyer, I guess, well, I guess uh, he already lied once. Right. But why would he compound his legal jeopardy by lying again? That puts him at the same level of jeopardy as Paul Manafort. Mm-hmm. because he's lying after striking a plea deal. Right. 
And so that would make things worse for Michael Cohen instead of making things better. But Trump's logic is that by lying, it will help Michael Cohen. This is how fucked up Donald Trump is. His point of view is that lying helps you. Right. He doesn't understand. What's helped him his whole life. Why shouldn't he think that that would help everybody? (laughs) Right, right. But I mean, it's the lying is making things worse. Uh Donald Trump has such a skewed sense of ethics, morality, what's right and wrong. He has no idea. He actually and literally thinks that lying will create a positive outcome. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm dying to know what the favor is. I'm dying to know what the favor is. <laughs> well, was it a hand job? I don't know. It just, <laughs> could have been any number of things. Was it an around the world? I mean, was it one of the... <laughs> My retina. I'm not even sure what that is. I don't know what an around the world is. What is... You, the- d- you don't want to. Talk to Frances uh- Callier about it. She'll tell you. <laughs> Good idea. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, as you said, so uh, not only has Trump canceled his meeting with Putin, but we also found that he's uh, he's canceled formal meetings with Turkey and South Korea, huh? and th- that he's going to instead speak informally with these leaders at the G20 in Argentina. Or is that is that the G20? That's what's happening in Argentina. Yeah, that's the G20. It, yeah, it starts this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I... Uh, I went on Twitter and I was like, you know, how many times do you think Donald Trump has tweeted no collusion since uh, since he first tweeted that, since he first invented that bumper sticker excuse? No collusion. I thought it was going to be in the hundreds, if not thousands of times, because we've seen it so many times. Someone looked it up. It's only 55 times that he has screamed no collusion. That's not a lot. It just it seems like it would be a lot more than that, wouldn't it? You know, given how many the, witch hunts and hoaxes, right? Especially given how he's constantly in our face. You know, Bob, Bob, right. Bob, Bob, shut up, Bob, no, Bob, get out of my living room, Trump, Bob, Biff, 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 Bob, Biff. stop it, Biff. You know, and it's like, SDS. <laughs> right? Most of those times when he's Bob, when he's doing that, it's accompanied by no collusion. But it's right. only been fifty-five times. Hmm. But still, 55 times is a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine a super edit if it was all, you know, audio clips? Can you imagine a super cut of all of the times Donald Trump said no collusion? Even though, I mean, once again, we're talking about collusion here. We're talking about Michael Cohen colluding, doing this deal, uh, offering favors, making exchanges, doing things under the table, and uh, and and once again, so we've got two days and two gigantic instances of collusion, even though he screamed no collusion 55 times. I guess you could also wrap in all the times he said no collusion, you know, in pr- during press gaggles or rallies or press conferences and things right. like that. So it'd be way higher, way higher number. But just on Twitter, only 55 times. Hmm. Hmm. Um, He's slacking. Okay, yeah, I want to get into this Paul Manafort thing with the uh, floating of the pardon here in, in just a second, uh, because uh, that is, again, what we're talking about in that case is super-duper impeachment. I, I don't know if that's an actual constitutional thing. Do you, can you look that up, uh, Jody, in Article <laughs> super 2? Super-impeachment? Super-duper <laughs> impeachment. I don't think the founders had that Super. in mind. Super. Uh, okay, so let's talk about, yeah, we were talking about hollow pillow earlier. You know, a good uh, combination with your hollow pillow, and, and Kimberly and I have completely proved this. You combine your hollow pillow with the amazingly comfortable and cool sheets from brooklinen.com. I actually get excited about going to bed. And it's not for the reasons that you might think. That happens in the, the other thing happens in the refrigerator. The bed is where we go to relax and, and sleep. And we've been getting the best night's sleep because of not only our Hello Pillow, but our sheets from Brooklyn and our nice crisp white sheets, our comfy sheets, our hotel style sheets from Brooklinen.com. Over the course of our lives, uh, I know I've spent about a third of my time in bed. So so shouldn't we sleep on a five-star hotel quality set of sheets all the time? Of course we should. But sheets like that are expensive and hard for the average consumer to buy, or at least they were, and that was before Brooklinen.com came along. 
Good housekeeping, in fact, named Brooklinen.com the best of online betting. And Brooklinen.com's got over 30,000 five-star reviews, more than any other betting company. Brooklinen sheets come in more than 20 colors and patterns, easy to mix and match. And it's a great place to gift shop for candles and towels and robes and sleep masks and so much more. My Brooklyn and sheets are the best, most affordable sheets I've ever, ever slept on. Kimberly agrees, of course. And Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners, just for you. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use my promo code BOBC at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen's so confident you'll love your new sheets, comforters, and towels. They come with a lifetime warranty, but the only way to get 20 bucks off and free shipping is to use my promo code BOBC at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BOBC. Brooklinen, they really are the bestest sheets that you ever, ever have. Go buy some right now. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. Welcome back to our uh, Thursday show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for subscribing to the show at patreon.com slash show. If you aren't already, go over there, sign up for $1 a month. That's all it takes, $1 a month. First, you join the community. You get to be a participant in one of the fastest growing and most wonderful communities of uh, podcast listeners in the entire world. Uh, And plus, you're supporting independent podcasters like me. Well, basically just me (laughs) 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 on our Patreon page. Uh, So thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting the show over there. Uh, okay, so uh, Trump stupidly floated that pardon for Manafort. Uh, and this seems like, again, I mean, we were talking about this before the show, Jody. Seems like ages ago. I mean, mm-hmm. raking the forest was just like a week ago. And mm-hmm. it seems like, oh, raking the forest. Isn't that quaint? Isn't that like ancient history? It's like looking at a piece of antique furniture. It was so long mm-hmm. ago, but it's just a week ago. I know. And this was this this was yesterday with this floating of the part. He said uh, Trump said to, to the New York Post, it was never discussed a pardon for Manafort, but I wouldn't take it off the table. Why would I take it off the table? You stupid goddamn idiot. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb to dumb dumb dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you told the truth, you go to jail. Trump said, you know, this flipping stuff is terrible. You flip and you lie and you get the prosecutors will tell you 99% of the time they can get people to flip. It's rare that they can't. But I had three people, Manafort, Corsi. I don't know Corsi, but he refuses to say what they demanded. Manafort, Corsi, Roger Stone. It's actually very brave, he said. And I'm telling you, this is McCarthyism. (laughs) <laughs> we are in the McCarthy era. You know, this is a terrible, terrible metaphor for no Trump kidding. to bring up because it's, I mean, again, it immediately calls to mind Russia. This is no better than McCarthy, he said. That was a bad situation for the country, but this is where we are, and it's a terrible thing. He doesn't realize that, you know, he's the McCarthy. He's like the, I mean, this is, this is how Donald Trump's going to be remembered by history, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That he's going to be uh, remembered in the same in the same sentences with uh, guys, despots like uh, like McCarthy. And it just he doesn't know it. He doesn't realize it. He has no sense whatsoever. And he's only getting away with all of this stuff because his people are just stupid and they're completely brainwashed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went over uh, and checked on Chicks on the Right. Have you ever looked at the Chicks on the Right Facebook they page? They scare me. A friend of mine, uh, I know some people that are, conservatives that at least during Obama would follow the chicks. I'm not sure if they do anymore, but um, yeah, they, th- those two ladies or whatever they are, they frighten me. Yeah. They're horrible, horrible, yeah, horrible and stupid and superficial. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I, I checked out their, uh, their thing and you know, I will give them credit for actually texting out or, or putting this on their Facebook page, the whole Michael Cohen guilty plea about lying to Congress about uh, Trump tower, Moscow. 
And uh, and they actually did post that on their Facebook right. page, which is kind of interesting and, and impressive. Mm-hmm. That usually that gets, that stuff gets buried on on Trumper pages, but then right. I noticed there was this one comment from this guy named Dan Kiefer, K I E F E R, said, "A Jewish lawyer lie? No way! Never! I can't believe it." So the best oh, of wow. anti-Semitism over at Chicks on the Right, sarcastic anti-Semitism, which is the finest wow. of anti-Semitism. When it's sarcastic, it makes it even worse, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But that's that's just it. And they, they seem uh, like they're at least reporting it, but their people are all just like, nothing burger. The nothing burger thing is still... Right. You know, Donald Trump could stand up in front of everybody and go, I did it. I'm completely guilty. I'm turning myself into Robert Mueller now. And the all the Trump supporters, all the red hats would still go, nothing burger, nothing to see here. No big deal. Mm-hmm. No big deal. And I think a significant part of that is due to the fact that they just haven't been following this all along. They just never took it seriously. And, you know, along those lines, Jody, there have been many of us who have been saying, you know, been seeing this Russia story for the reality that it is since the very beginning. Um, I know we've been talking about it on this show since approximately July 27th of 2016 since it first came out that Russia was involved in the DNC hacking. And I can't tell you the number of people who I would otherwise have respected who, and I'm talking about liberals who are actually like nothing burger, nothing to see here. Nah, nah, no evidence. What are you talking about? This is crazy conspiracy theory territory, tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat. Mm -hmm. A lot of apologies need to take place now. I think. Well, I, you know, I'm still reading that with people. Oh, it's a hoax. It's like, and these are lefties. I'm like, really, guys? What are you wow. listening to? Wow. Yeah. Who is it? To quote Jerry Seinfeld, who are these people? <laughs> I mean, who are these people? Yeah, it, it's, it's, and I, I don't comment because I'm like, seriously? Are you just reading Greenwald? Are you just reading Assange? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I know it's Greenwald is one of the ringleaders of it. And, you know, it's always been obvious to me why, why Greenwald is at the center of this, the denialism with regard to Trump Russia. And, and that's because he's got a vested interest in appeasing Russia. And it may right. not be. I mean, I know there have been some theories floating around that Glenn Greenwald is on the take from uh, from Putin, that he that Greenwald is receiving Russian money to promote Russian interests like like my former podcast partner, Lee Stranahan, is probably doing right. allegedly, you know, but he is he's taking money from uh, Sputnik, which is the uh, Russian radio network. Right. So, yeah, Lee Stranahan and uh, Garland Nixon are doing a show over there. And, and, you know, it's entirely possible then that uh, Greenwald's getting money from Russia. But he doesn't necessarily need to get money to be uh, complicit in all of this. I mean, the only motivation that you can assign to, to Glenn Greenwald that you can 100% prove at this point is the fact that Greenwald's biggest source and asset in his career is uh, Edward Snowden is currently living under the protection of Vladimir Putin in Moscow mm-hmm. right now and has been since 2013. So, of course, Glenn Greenwald has a vested interest in maintaining the facade, at least, of defending Russia mm-hmm. and putting all kinds of, you know, stupid bombs into the discourse uh, about how this is uh, all a hoax and this is all a crazy conspiracy theory. But I don't know how you can maintain that position given the avalanche of news that continues. It, it, I just read it today, and 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 the it, the people that I'm talking about also are you know the anti Pelosi group, and it's like guys, you are aligning yourself with the hardcore, you know, rights leaning side of the Democratic Party, not the progressives, because the progressive caucus is voting for Nancy Pelosi. So it's like you guys yeah. are aligning yourself with the weirdest people when you are anti Pelosi when it's not the left that's against her, it's the right. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through, uh, Glenn Greenwald's, uh, Twitter feed right now. Uh, oh, I'm sure that's fun. Yeah. You know, I wonder what the relationship is now between, uh, Greenwald and, uh, Marcy Wheeler, mm-hmm. uh, because Marcy Wheeler, if you remember, was hired to work at the intercept for a while and then left, I think after a very, 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 very short period of time. Plus Marcy right. Wheeler has been all over the Russia story. I mean, almost as as well detailed as Rachel Maddow or Jackie Schechner mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. having a working knowledge of every last thing that's happening with the Russia story. But I notice here that Greenwald retweeted this one uh, Marcy Wheeler tweet that said, uh, 
Marcy Wheeler said, I often think that there's a counterpart to DOJ's New York Times rule that you can't charge WikiLeaks for stuff New York Times also does. The Panama Papers rule. When you complain that WikiLeaks publishes stolen docs, remember Panama Papers effectively did too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's a, well, if it happened before and the New York Times has done it, then it's not a crime. You know, it's just like, right. I mean, it was like uh, Carlos Ellis Rocky was saying on the Stephanie Miller show yesterday. You know, if, if Obama did it, if Obama launched tear gas at, at migrants at the border and Donald Trump did it, well, both, both presidents were wrong to do it. Right. You know, it's not like just because Obama did it makes it okay. And of right. course, Obama did it. I don't know. I think there were three instances in which Border Patrol people threw tear gas over the wall and, and to, dis- to disperse uh, uh, migrants trying to breach the wall. Uh, of course, Donald Trump has done it uh, dozens of times from mm-hmm. uh, what I understand. Uh, but I mean, this is actually that the tweet from Marcy Wheeler had to do with this Deutsche Bank story. And that and yet again, another gigantic piece of breaking news today that Deutsche Bank was raided to, to pursue uh, money laundering charges against Deutsche Bank itself. One hundred seventy officers searched the headquarters of Deutsche Bank in Frankfurt and five other sites in, in the area early Thursday as part of a money laundering investigation. Involving hundreds of millions of euros, prosecutors in Frankfurt said. You remember, Deutsche Bank is one of the biggest lenders to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, Donald Trump is still in debt, as far as I know, to Deutsche Bank. Right. <laughs> so there's yeah, Donald- as far as we all know, yeah. Yeah. Two employees who are not publicly identified, but whose ages were given as 50 and 46 and other unidentified people in positions of authority are suspected of failing to report possible money laundering for transactions worth 311 million euros, more than $350 million. The money flowed to organizations in the British Virgin Islands before the spring of 2016, prosecutors said in an email document. The German bank confirmed in a statement that the police were investigating several of its offices in Germany and said the investigation related to the Panama Papers, a trove of files that put a spotlight on global money laundering. We are cooperating fully with the authorities, Deutsche said in a statement. It's fascinating that the Panama Papers are part of all of this. In, mm-hmm. in, in April 2016, Jody, news organizations in cooperation with the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists released the Panama Papers, which revealed how some of the world's wealthiest individuals, including more than 900 customers of uh, Deutsche Bank, dodged taxes in their home countries by transferring money to offshore accounts. Now, right. remember, this is... Don't don't imagine the because this can get confusing. This isn't the Pentagon Papers, remember? Right, that's a whole that was a long time ago. It's a long time ago. <laughs> Go see the movie The Post, and you'll learn there more you about go. the Pentagon Papers. But this is the Panama Papers, revealing mm-hmm. some of the world's wealthiest individuals, including more than nine hundred customers of Deutsche Bank, dodged taxes in their home countries by transferring money to offshore accounts. Prosecutors said the documents indicated that Deutsche Bank helped customers found offshore organizations in tax havens by transferring illegally acquired money without alerting authorities to suspected money laundering. So there's that story today. And of course, that would be the big breaking news story. That would be this thing that we're all talking about today. But of course, not in the modern era. You know, I was just remembering um, we were watching, you know, we started watching again, Jody is we started binge-watching uh, Six Feet Under, which is uh, one of my all-time favorite uh, television dramas. One of these, uh, it was one of the early adopters of this, uh, uh, this format where you have these amazing cable, at the time it was cable-only shows that broke all kinds of new territory. Versus The Sopranos, and then Six Feet Under was really the second one. And now we see dozens of these kind of shows all over the place. But we were watching uh, uh, Six Feet Under, uh, last night and uh, the first season of Six Feet Under was released in the summer of 2001 and I was remembering right. you know that that summer what was the biggest news story of that summer it was it was the summer of the shark I mean the biggest news story in the summer of 2001 was there was an increase in shark attacks and that was it it was nothing else until 9-11 that was it yeah. i mean maybe gary condit maybe the gary condit story oh was. yeah i forgot that story wow and then september rolls around and everything went to hell and right. now it's just been we've been constantly bombarded with political news so you've got this deutsche bank story and then on top of all of that yet another 
Trump corruption story, potentially, where the feds have raided this law office mm-hmm. that once represented uh, a Trump for tax work, for, for tax mm-hmm. filing, tax law. Yeah, they had to put, didn't they have to put stuff in the windows today or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they ordered all the employees to leave, and then they, the feds put brown paper on the windows and doors. <laughs> maybe they're just doing a really cool remodel on HGTV. <laughs> That's right. It's House Hunters Tax Evasion Edition. There you go. <laughs> Jesus they're Christ. Have, they're going to have some nice pastel colors up and some nice window treatments and a new carpet. You know. Uh, a spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office declined to comment when contacted by the Sun-Times. A man who answered the door of the office when a reporter knocked also declined to comment. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, the Chicago Sometimes reports that federal agents removed everyone from the office of Chicago Finance Committee Chairman Ed Burke on Thursday morning, covering the floor to ceiling windows with brown paper. Wow. Burke uh, worked for Trump for more than a decade doing property tax work. Burke's law firm of Clafter and Burke has worked with Trump's companies repeatedly to reduce the property tax that Trump Tower and his other properties in Chicago have had to pay, according to the (sighs) Sun-Times. Always looking for an angle with these goddamn criminals. Over 12 years working for Trump, Burke was allegedly able to cut the property taxes on the downtown tower, that's uh, uh, Trump Tower in Chicago, by more than $14 million dollars. If you've got Russian money to play with, (laughs) this is the kind of legal representation you can get. Someone who reduces your property tax burden, your property tax liability, by more than $14 million. Remember what Trump said in that one of those debates, Jody, with uh, Hillary Clinton? He said, you know, it was like basically doing like an abusive spouse kind of thing. Where why don't you why don't you try to stop me? You you did nothing to stop me from evading taxes and doing all of these things. You should make laws that will stop me from doing them. But if if there's no laws to stop me, if there's nothing to stop me from doing it, then I'm just going to keep doing it. Because well, you, and I, I mean he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to agree with him if he's doing it legally, which is questionable but I well, mean, no, if you're, if you're legally getting away with it you're getting away with it and you blame the tax law for that and i, I i'm gonna agree with him on that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure sure but uh yeah so we'll see what uh, comes of this situation yeah. i'm sure i mean it's it's i think he's been evading taxes versus not paying them legally you know what i mean yeah yeah there's exactly. a big difference between taking advantage of tax law and evading taxes right right well the 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 one you know taking advantage of tax law that's all look, looking for the loopholes right and that's what donald trump was talking about in that debate you know because he's mm-hmm. just exploiting loopholes but i mean there's also right. the very real possibility in fact i would say 99 99- real that Donald Trump is evading taxes because I agree. I think he has been. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, meanwhile, Trump also denied speaking to Roger Stone and he denied knowing about the Trump Tower meeting. I mean, once again, a, a super colossal news story. That would have been the number one news story of the entire week, if not the entire month. Welcome to Dollar Shave Club. Oh, you know we what? We make amazing world-class grooming products. <sighs> what? Autoplay video. Thank you, CNN. Fuck you! Failing, video. <laughs> stupid failing CNN. <laughs> Their <laughs> autoplay video. Low rating CNN. Yeah, well, that's because this is the uh, this is a CNN story that broke with regard right. to these uh, two key answers. These are some uh, some of the written answers that Trump provided uh, to Robert Mueller. Um, that he didn't have ongoing conversations with Roger Stone. Now, let's talk about that for a second. It turns out that Trump repeatedly spoke to Roger Stone in 2016. Okay, so CNN breaks this story where Donald Trump said in writing to Robert Mueller that he never had contact with Roger Stone during the 2016 election. Next day... The Washington Post comes out with this story saying that, yeah, Trump's night owl calls to Roger Stone in 2016 draw scrutiny in the Mueller probe. (laughs) So, 
Uh, the calls almost always come deep into the night. Caller ID labeled them unknown. This is according to the Washington Post again. But Roger Stone said he knew to pick up quickly during those harried months of the 2016 presidential campaign. There would be a good chance that the voice on the other end of the line would belong to his decades-long friend, the restless insomniac candidate Donald Trump, dialing from a blocked phone number. Also- I mean, they've been friends for, what, 40 years? Yeah, and and if you know anything about Roger Stone, this, you know, I almost like don't really follow the Roger Stone news as closely as I should because it's so obvious to me. You know, it's like it's a given to me that Roger Stone is corrupt and crooked and a a professional troll, a professional agent of chaos. And that he's, you know, been in cahoots with uh, with Paul Manafort for years, where they've actually uh, worked as PR agents for some of the worst and most destructive and, and deadliest strongmen around the world. I mean, the worst kind of dictators you can possibly imagine. And Roger Stone has worked PR for those people and represented their interests inside the United States. He is a terrible, terrible human being. And it's almost to the point where I'm like, oh, that's a given. I mean, we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is not breaking news in any sense that Roger Stone is a crook. But it's like, you know, it's still it's 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 still groundbreaking news that right. this is all going on. Also, remember, uh, going back to the block numbers thing that when discussing the Trump Tower uh, meeting with the Russians in uh, was it June 9th of 2016, that mm-hmm. uh, that at one point, um, Donald Trump Jr., his call logs show that he had this conversation with one of the Galarovs. Well, right. right before the conversation with the Galarov, this was on or around June 7, I believe, June 6 or June 7. So this is prior to the Trump Tower meeting. And uh, right before one of the calls with the Galarovs, uh, there was a uh, Don Jr. call to a blocked number. And then immediately after the Galarov phone conversation, there was another call to a block number. And then after that block number call, there was yet another call to the Galarovs. So it was like, if you take the block number to be Donald Trump's private number in his residence, so it'd be a call to Trump, then a call to a Galarov, then another call to Trump, and then another call to a Galarov. Mm-hmm. This was all while Donald Trump Jr. was arranging the Trump Tower meeting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in addition to having all of these calls with Roger Stone, with and I'm sure they were talking about WikiLeaks and talking about Russia and talking about the hacks and talking about Hillary Clinton's emails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was also this denial in writing to Robert Mueller that Trump knew anything about. He denied knowing anything about the Trump Tower meeting. Right. Again, pro- most certainly lie. I almost said probably. He was absolutely <laughs> lying because he knew about it. He tweeted about it, for God's sake. Uh-huh. Yep. I wrote a whole piece uh, for the Daily Banter about this. If you're a member of the Daily Banter in the subscription area of the Banter, uh, you can go read my piece about all of this uh, that I published uh, last night, but I just started to tweet it out today. That one of the things that uh, uh, reveals that Trump actually knew about the Trump Tower meeting is that he actually tweeted about it. Right. He said, I'm going to give a major speech. No, he didn't actually. I'm sorry. He didn't tweet about it. He actually blurted this out on June 7th, the same day that the meeting was set. He went on to win the New Jersey primary that night. And during his victory speech, Trump said, I am going to give a major speech on probably Monday of next week. And we're going to be discussing all of all of the things that have taken place with the Clintons, Trump said. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to find it very informative and very, very interesting. Right. So obviously he's talking about things that he would learn in this meeting with Russians at Trump Tower. Right. It was the same day that Don Jr. locked the meeting with Rob Goldstone. <laughs> Uh, I miss I miss Mr. Goldstone. Yeah, I know. Isn't he fun? He's a fun, <laughs> fun, fun character. He's like a schmoo. You know, he's like the, <laughs> he playing the role of the schmoo in the Trump Russia scandal is Rob Goldstone. Um, I can't wait for the casting director that has to cast the movie based on this. Oh my to god! Just kind of figure out who's going to play who. They have got to. I mean, the story of the Mueller investigation alone is yeah. going to. Aaron Sorkin better fucking write the screenplay for the I Mueller agree. movie. And I'm not talking or about. Or it's a mini series. It's going to be like you know because it's long and it's involved. There's so it's it would be hard to make it just a two hour film. I know. I know. I mean, just imagine that movie and imagine the point in time in the story 
in which whoever on the on the prosecutors uh, among the prosecutors says that oh yeah I've got this plan what if Trump is insisting on handing in his answers in writing mm-hmm. why don't we reveal our Manafort information about him lying after uh, striking a plea deal why don't we mm-hmm. reveal that information after Trump has submitted his written answers <laughs> so therefore if if Trump's written answers are the same as Manafort's lies, Mm -hmm. then that shows that they were coordinating and that shows obviously obstruction of justice and witness Mm -hmm. tampering and yada, yada, yada on down the line. I see, I just yada, yada, yada. Lawyers are going to need, their lawyers are going to need lawyers. (laughs) I just yada, yada a bunch of federal crimes. I know, I like that you yada it. (laughs) Blah, 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 whatever, whatever. We're obviously obviously running way late. We're going to take one last break and wrap up the show right after this. Maybe. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh yeah, my favorite Christmas song. <laughs> I just I learned about this song uh, like like just last year, and it's been out for a while. But... I'm driving home for Christmas. This is uh, Chris Reed. Driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. God, I love this song. I couldn't stop singing this song a year ago. Driving home for Christmas. So I'm, I'm kind of glad to wheel this out again. All right, uh, welcome back to today's show. Jody Hamilton's here from the Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker podcast, from the bunker.com. So God, I love that song. I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, uh, meanwhile. <laughs> This is yet another gigantic breaking news story here on the show. Uh, well, not here on the show, but just in general. Like we're talking about on the show. <laughs> you know. um, so Trump actually claims to have compromat on members of, uh, of Congress. <laughs> of course. Trump insists that he's got compromat on congressional Democrats and that if they are too tough with him, he's going to release all the documents, release all of the compromat that he's got. Trump always makes things worse for Trump, right? Yes. He said, uh, yes, yes, yes. He said, if they go down the presidential harassment track, if they want to go and harass the president and the administration, I think that would be the best thing that would happen to me. Right. He said, I'm a counterpuncher and I will hit them so hard they've never been hit like that. He said during a 36 minute Oval Office sit down uh, with the New York Post. Um, he said, I think, uh, that would help my campaign. If they want to play tough, I will do it. They will see how devastating those pages are. He said, and in fact, uh, I think, um, Adam Schiff responded to this today, which is just unfucking believable that a member of Congress, the incoming chairman of the house intelligence committee has to defend himself against uh, Trump threatening to release, quote, devastating documents. Adam Schiff here says, what Trump says, if Democrats play tough, I will declassify devastating documents. What he means, if Democrats do legitimate oversight, I will burn sources and allies by selectively declassifying info so my legal team can misrepresent it to the public. Why he's doing it? Fear. So that's, uh, that's Adam Schiff. Um, who is, uh, you know, sitting right now between Donald Trump and articles of impeachment. Same with Jerry Nadler. Mm-hmm. That's where it all starts. That's where it all starts out there. So uh, let's see what else. One last thing before we wrap up the show here uh, today. 
Um, we have now officially reached 40, count them, 40 seats yes. that have been picked up by the Democrats. Yeah. Yep, and you know who can suck it? James Carville can suck it, and Peggy Thank Noonan you. can feel free to suck it. Well, and the thing is, is it's like they're, uh, oh, and the, you know, the Democrats didn't win the Senate. We weren't going to. It was a long shot. We only lost two seats. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly that's right. huge. Right, right. I mean, Donald Trump is spinning this as a major, major victory in the Senate. Are you no. kidding me? He went no. from 51 to 53. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, they, they had an opportunity to get, you know, at least 10 seats easily had he been a president that was liked. Well, I mean, obviously, Donald Trump and the Republicans were just were utterly shellacked. They were utterly trounced in the midterms. And of course, we all predicted that Donald Trump was going to try to obfuscate it with his lies and his superlatives and everything like that. He just doesn't want to face the facts. But I think that that press conference uh, the day after in which he ordered an intern to rough up Jim Acosta, you know, just like the dumbest. What an what a goddamn little coward he is. Uh huh. Unbelievable. He really is. Yep, yep. So uh, so obviously, I think 40 seats indicates a gigantic blue wave. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we saw both James Carville and Peggy Noonan. Ah, it's not a blue wave. Ah, we ain't going to blue wave. You know, it's like two minutes in, and we, we've hardly received any returns. And James Carville goes on MSNBC. Ah, fucking, I blue wave. Idiots. Saying a blue wave, no blue wave, ain't gonna be no blue wave. <laughs> I just can picture you doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is he thinking? I mean, I guess he wanted to get out ahead of the possibility that it was going to be another surprise election like 2016. Maybe he yeah. wanted to be the guy who, oh, I called it, I called it, wasn't gonna be no blue wave, and there ain't gonna be no blue wave. <laughs> Isn't he like he's like the he talks like the neighbor from King of the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one neighbor with the mushroom? I forget the character's name. You know, I know, I know exactly. He's blonde. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And that was, <laughs> that's just what, I mean, for God's sake, James Carville's got nothing to live for anymore, I guess. So that's why he's being such a dick on television. <laughs> but seriously, suck it, James Carville. Suck it, Peggy Noonan. Yeah, Peggy Noonan was on TV, uh, I think it was last week. And even then, it was we were coming up on 40 uh, a net gain of 40 seats and Peggy Noonan mm-hmm. was still on, on hardball going oh Chris I just I don't think it's going to be a blue wave <laughs> insert $25 word here <laughs> Peggy Noonan loves her $25 words yes, because it says that she's smart smart she's, she's the smart. smartest except for the fact that she completely failed to call the blue wave when it was an obvious blue wave all right, well, you didn't even get to Ivanka Trump. Buenos dias. Buenos dias to everybody. Yeah, where's my buenos dias? Buenos dias. There it is. Buenos dias. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to play this for Donald Trump and Paul Manafort. Where, where, what are I? Oh, Happy New Year to you in jail. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Among many things, my <laughs> buttons have been malfunctioning all damn day. This is the stupid, stupid buttons. <laughs> Always causing trouble. All right, make sure to go sign up on our Patreon page. Please support the show over there, patreon.com slash Show. Here's it. I mean, it's it's kind of an amazing thing. If you just sign up at $1 a month, there's a community tab on our Patreon page where you can actually post things yourself. Whether it's, you know, you can use it as like a group blog where everyone gets to remark on what's happening in the news and then generate conversation themselves and we got an amazing group of uh, commenters and supporters on our Patreon page, including our brand new Prime Minister of our Patreon page, Lynn Michelle, who, uh, along with the uh, co-mayors Ziggy Blue, Andrew Coutinho, and David Roberts, we have declared that Lynn Michelle is now our official Prime Minister of the Patreon page. Wow! It doesn't it doesn't carry with it any official powers, but you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a title. Do you get a cape? Get a cape, yes, a cape, a cape and a crown. Woo-hoo! Everyone gets a crown and a lifetime supply <laughs> of Harry's razors. Thank you very much. Yay. All right, that's the show. We got the postmortem show coming up next. See you over on our Patreon page, folks. Take care. Bye bye.
has no hesitation in proclaiming you all guilty. 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 Guilty.